up Driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Hey friends, this is Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministries, and we've got an awesome program for you. I know you're going to enjoy it today, and you're going to want to get more copies of this, so give us a call, 618-383-2107, or log on to lonesomeroad.org, or you can email me at gary.lonesomeroad at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Now sit back, listen, and enjoy today's program from Lonesome Road Ministries, Church on the Road. Give us a call. We look forward to hearing from you. I keep those wheels turning from town to town. There's so much I gotta see. I gotta look around. I got diesel smoke rolling. From two chrome stacks, my address is 408-414, a big blue Mac. Now it don't matter where I'm going, I just gotta drive. I have the white line fever to the day that I die. I said 18 wheels rolling on the road, it is my life. That's off of our brand new Lonesome Road Volume 2 CD. We made this CD just for you, the truckers, out there on that old Lonesome Road. Dennis McKay of the McKay Project has a studio down in Columbus, Mississippi, Studio 115A. And we recorded that CD down there on Mac Records. And guess what, drivers? If you'll call me and tell me you heard this, I'm going to send you a free copy of that CD. What do you think of that, Darrell? Well, you're going to have to tell them what number to call. My phone number is 618-383-2107. Give me a call. Tell me you'd like to have a copy of this Lonesome Road, Volume 2. I'll send you a free copy. Wow. Man, you're generous today. And, and if he doesn't send it to you, give me a call at 615-663-3199, and I'll call up there and holler at him. Make sure he does. <laughs> what do we got for him today, driver? Or, uh, what's Fred. 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 <laughs> Oh, oh, Lord save I us. I thought we left you at that rest area last yeah, week. Yeah, I know you tried. <laughs> I, man, I had to chase that truck for half a mile to catch y'all. But, uh, well, today we're so honored and blessed to hear a message from Pastor Johnny Minnick. 
of River Life Church. That's your pastor, isn't That's it? my pastor. That's yeah. my church. Yeah. I'm proud of my church. Amen. They let me come there for nothing. They don't even charge me. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> they, they said they'd pay me to leave. No. Uh, I'm very blessed to have a good church family, uh, good pastors at that church. Uh, very honored to be able to go there. Uh, that's my house. That's that's an opportunity. You know, some people say, well, I've got to go to church. Well, I get to go to church. Amen. Because uh, I, I look forward to it. What a privilege. Well, you know what? We bring the church with us. Yes. When we walk through the door. But I know sometimes we go in there like we feel like somebody licked all the red off our candy and mm-hmm. we're down in the dumps. But then again, we get picked back up. So in Johnny Minnick, when he sings and when he preaches and teaches, uh, he's an awesome man of God. He's been around the ministry. He started preaching when Moby Dick was a minna. I mean, he's been <laughs> preaching for years. He knows the Word of God, and and he does, uh, well, he tells me when I preach, I'll keep the cookies on the bottom two shelves. But uh, every now and then, he'll get up on that fifth or sixth shelf, and I can barely reach it, and I have to listen real intent. But he always brings it down to my second shelf so I can understand it. And he'll do the same thing to you, driver. So today, I think you're going to enjoy this. You know, there's nothing wrong with preachers, there's nothing wrong with teachers, but I like to be around a bunch of reachers. Amen. People Amen. that just want to reach out and, and uh, help you and give you a hand. So the driver today, let's jump up in the cab of the truck. Gary, won't you get back there to bunk this time? I'm tired of riding back there. I keep falling asleep. <laughs> All right, there. I'll get back here in the old bunkhouse and take it easy for a while. Yeah, yeah. Just don't need him out of house and home. Looks like I'm going to have to make this driver's bed. He must have got out of bed in a hurry this morning and running late. Yeah, he's probably trying to chase us out away from his truck. <laughs> All right. Well, this is a great message by Johnny Minnick, Build an Ark. And drivers, that's what we have to do. We have to build an ark in our families. You'll see what I'm talking about as you listen to this message. Here's Johnny Minnick. The Lord woke me up and said, I want you to go to Matthew chapter 13, verses 14, 15, and 16. And uh, although I've read that verse many, many times, or those verses many times, I could not recall them by memory. And I had to get up and, and see for myself what God was speaking to me. And uh, as soon as I read it, I realized what he was trying to say, or what he was saying to my spirit. From that time, I began to prepare in my heart for the message that I believe the Lord wants me to share with you today. We are living at a crossroads in our country. This is not a political message. I said in the first service, I don't believe God is a Republican God or a Democrat God or independent. I know that He is a righteous God. And um, we put so much emphasis on party when we really should be putting emphasis on righteousness. For without God and without righteousness, this nation will go the way of every other nation. Now we have inherited some wonderful things because our forefathers believed in righteousness. And regardless of how people are trying to rewrite history, this nation was founded upon godly principles and upon Christianity. 
you can go to Washington, D.C. this very day and in every one of the monuments that you will visit, you'll find scripture engraved on those monuments. It's not from the Koran. It's not writing of Buddha. It's the Holy Scriptures. Somehow we have lost our way, ladies and gentlemen, and we have ended up in the place we are. Now, I, I don't know what party you might be affiliated with, and really I don't care because that's not what this message is about. This message is about righteousness and about godliness and about holiness. It's about revival and returning to the principles that God has laid out for us as a nation and as a people. Remember, the scripture says that any nation that forgets God will be turned into hell. I don't think we have any business voting whether or not God's going to be included in our policies. Now, I must warn you, as, as many television shows have labels on them these days to tell you that they have certain content, some say for mature audiences, I'm going to tell you that I'm labeling this today for strong Christian audience. That I am biased and it's toward the Word of God. That my politics are very simple. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. So the Lord told me to go to Matthew chapter 13 and I'm going to let you travel there with me because I want to share with you what he has placed in my heart. And if, if, if what I have to say today moves you in your spirit, I'm going to ask you to be liberal with your amens, with your hand claps, with any amount of expression that you have to offer if you're in agreement. And if you don't agree, you just sit there like a bump on a pickle. Matthew 13, verse 14, And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see and not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their hearts and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. As I said, we're living in a peculiar time when it seems as though the truth is presented in front of people's eyes they can't see. Yeah. 
And when it is spelled out to their hearing so perfectly clear, they can't hear. And as Jesus said, though they have ears, they're not hearing. And though they have eyes, they're not seeing. And though they have a heart, they're not understanding where they are in life and what is going on spiritually in the world around them. But church, you're blessed because you still have eyes to, hear, uh, eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart that understands. And yet the church is guilty of sticking our head in the sand and letting the world go by. I believe the Lord is speaking to me a warning that I need to stand up and be who I'm called to be and to acknowledge the same for the church. We need to arise from our lethargy and from our sleepy attitude and from our head being in the sand and realize there's something going on. We need to stand as the church of the living God and make ourselves known. I want to take you to Hebrews chapter 11, and I want to build this story into the scripture that I read to you in Matthew chapter 13, Hebrews eleven seven. It says, by faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. We all who have lived for God any length of time have come upon the story of Noah. Back in the book of Genesis we see that Noah was a man that was righteous. He lived in a time when evil prevailed on the earth. Men's thoughts were on evil continually. Wickedness ruled the day and perversion had devastated the souls of mankind. Yet amidst all the wickedness and all the, the divisiveness and all of the evil in all of the sin that dwelt upon the earth, there lived a man named Noah. Noah, the Bible says in verse 9 of chapter 6 in the book of Genesis, was a just man and perfect in his generations. And it says this, and Noah walked with God. All oh, that inspires me today. We oftentimes get so upset because we think the world, we see the world is going to hell in a handbasket. We turn the news on and we hear all the devastating things that's going on and we read the statistics that make us shake and tremble and we wonder what kind of world we're living in. Yet at the same time, I am glad to testify there are still people like Noah in this day that have a relationship with Almighty God and even though there's evil all around them, they are walking with God. Hallelujah. Let me read to you the attitude of God toward Noah's generation. It's in chapter 6. 
God observed how bad it was and saw that all mankind was vicious and depraved. And he said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all mankind for the earth is filled with crime because of man. Yes, I will destroy mankind from the earth. Make a boat from resinous wood, sealing it with tar. And construct decks and stalls throughout the ship. Make it 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high. Construct a skylight all the way around the ship, 18 inches below the roof. And make three decks inside the boat, a bottom, middle, and upper deck, and put a door in the side. Look, God said, I'm going to cover the earth with a flood and destroy every living being, everything in which is the breath of life. All will die. But I promise to keep you safe in the ship with your wife and your sons and their wives. As we're reading this scripture, it's telling us the story. It's telling us a fact that Noah had a relationship with God and his fellowship with God was rewarded by a plan of salvation. An ark was to become their safe passage to another world, a world that was free of sin, free of perversion. As long as Noah and his family were obedient to build and inhabit the ark, their safety could be guaranteed. The Bible states that Noah obeyed God. The Bible says in the verse 22 of chapter 6, Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him. So he did. It resulted in building an ark of safety that saved Noah from his generation. The Bible tells us in that same chapter, verses 5 through 7, that God saw the wickedness of man, as I read before, how his heart was on evil continually, and it repented God that he even made man. And he said, I'm going to destroy man who I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, for it repenteth me in my heart that I have made them. Now, the Bible tells us in, in Matthew chapter 24, it again refers to the day of Noah. And Jesus said, for as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered into the ark. Now, I want you to listen to me. This scripture, this one little verse reveals the mindset of Noah's generation. In the midst of wickedness, in the midst of perversion and evil and divisiveness and defiance, they showed their contempt for God by acting like there was nothing wrong. Living as though that was normal. Enjoying the status quo. And Jesus told his disciples in Matthew chapter 24, verse 37, concerning that generation that Noah lived in, but as in the days that Noah, uh, but as the days of Noah were, 
so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Church, I've titled this message today, Build an Ark. Build an Ark. Church, we need to build an ark. We, as Noah's generation, act like there's nothing wrong when there's 22 million people in the United States of America that are dependent on drugs. In the United States, 53% of male prisoners and 39% of female prisoners when paroled are reincarcerated within three years. When every two minutes someone in the United States is sexually assaulted, when 15% of those sexually assaulted and raped victims are under the age of 12 years old, we act like there's nothing wrong when 29% of those victims are ages 12 through 17 and 44% are under the age 18 and 80% are under the age of 30. We act like there's nothing wrong when 7% of girls in grades 5 through 8 and 12% of girls in grades 9 through 12 say they have been sexually abused. 3% of the boys in the same grades 5 through 8 and 5% in grades 9 through 12 say they have been sexually abused. We act like there's nothing wrong when in 1995 local child protection service agencies identified 126,000 children who were victims of either substantiated or indicated sexual abuse. And that's been some years ago. We act like there's nothing wrong when 75% of those victims were girls. Nearly 30% of child victims were between the ages of 4 and 7. 93% of juvenile sexual assault victims know their attackers. 35% of attackers were family members. 58 were acquaintances. 54% of rape sexual assaults are not even reported to the police. And did you know that 3% of rapists ever serve one day in jail? You see, we've thrown the Bible out of our schools and replaced it with Heather has two mommies. A story about a child, Heather, raised by lesbian women. You see, you can't tell a child in school about the love of Jesus and the fact that he died for their sins and has a home awaiting for them in heaven, but our kids are forced to hear how the homosexual lifestyles is acceptable behavior. We act like there's nothing wrong when 22% of all pregnancies in the U.S. end in abortion. Over 50 million babies have been killed through abortion since 1973. Come on, church. We act like there's nothing wrong, according to the U.S. Department of Justice, when human trafficking has become the second fastest growing criminal industry only behind drug trafficking. Do you know there's 18,000 to 20,000 victims trafficked into the United States every year? Many who work with this issue believe the numbers are even higher. In the United States alone, it's estimated that there are over 200,000 slaves. 
More than half the victims trafficked in the United States are thought to be children. 100 to 300,000 children in America are at risk for sex trafficking each and every year that rolls by on our calendar. 13 is the average age of entry into pornography and prostitution according to FBI statistics. As many as 2.8 million children live on the streets, a third of whom are lured into prostitution within 48 hours of leaving their home. 12% of the websites on the internet are pornographic. You know how many that is? That's nearly 25 million websites. Did you know that every second, $3,075.64 is being spent on pornography and we act like there's nothing wrong? 40 million Americans are regular visitors to porn sites. One in three are women. 2.5 billion emails per day are pornographic. The average age of a child first seeing porn online is 11 years old. We act like there's nothing wrong when the most popular day of the week for viewing porn is Sunday. We need to build an ark, ladies and gentlemen. Church, we need to build an ark. Just as sure as God opened the heavens and judgment flooded the earth in Noah's day, God will judge the wickedness of this generation. It's time to get busy, church, and start building an ark of safety where people can come in and find the salvation that will rescue their perishing souls. The book of Acts chapter 17 verse 31 tells us because God hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness. My friend, there's judgment coming because of the wickedness and the sinfulness of this generation. It's up to the church to stand up. It's up to the church. We're the ones that have the tools and the material in hand so that we can build an ark that will rescue this generation from perishing. The only escape from this world system is the same escape Noah had. Noah walked with God and because of that walk and that close fellowship, Noah was able to hear God's instruction on how to escape impending judgment. And did you know that God has provided that same information for this generation that we live in today? He calls from the New Testament, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. He says, therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep uh, sleep in the night, but they that are drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us under wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to hear me this morning. It took a number. It took uh, the timber of hundreds of trees to build that ark of safety for Noah. But it 
took the timber of just one tree to build an ark for the believer. That ark is the old rugged cross where Jesus died for our sin. Thank God that he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see, the ark saved Noah's family from destruction. Chapter 7, the book of Genesis, verse 7, Noah went in and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. They went into the ark because the waters of the flood. The Bible tells us in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, that Noah was a preacher of righteousness, a preacher of righteousness. You see, we don't hear a lot about righteousness because that's offensive. We've closed our altars in the church and we fail to preach about righteousness because it might upset someone. And now to become a member of the church and a member of the family of God, all you've got to do is just kind of stick around and by osmosis, osmosis you, you start acting like the children of God. There might not be any change in your heart, but you've not been offended. So we don't give altar calls and we don't preach against sin because somebody might be offended. We dare not use the word righteousness because we feel like everybody needs to do his own thing. Now we have churches that pass out the communion at the door and tell people we're not going to do it collectively or corporately. When you feel the spirit move on you, just go ahead and take it. Now the new thing is for Pentecostal full gospel churches, you're not supposed to give a message in tongues until you write it down and give it to the pastor and let him approve it. Then if he approves it, he'll call on you. You see, we want to dismiss God. Amen. We want to do it in our culture so we vote on him. Whether to have God in our culture or not. In our platform or not. But let's don't get too upset with the world because we do the same thing in the church when we fail to call sin, sin and we fail to preach righteousness and we fail to open our altars to people who need salvation for, for them to have eternal life. We're shutting the door of the gospel in their face and saying all you've got to do is a little behavioral modification and that'll be enough. If you're good enough, if you act just right, you might make it in. My friend, that's not what the scripture says. The Bible teaches us to repent and turn from our wicked ways and follow after righteousness and holiness without which we cannot see God. Hallelujah. It was heart rendering for Noah who preached so many years without one conversion. No one heeded his message. But the greatest success of any ministry is to win your own household. And we know all of Noah's family entered the ark. Noah built that ark to save his family from destruction. Church, we need to build an ark. I don't know if you realize it or not, but your family is at risk in the United States of America today. 
the family, the institution of marriage and the family is at risk. And it comes as no surprise. We have been forewarned many, many years ago. Even in the secular realm in 1947, a man by the name of Carl Zimmerman entitled a book called Family and Civilization. He compared the disintegration of various cultures throughout the history of mankind with the parallel decline of family life in those cultures. As the family went, the culture went. And there were eight particular patterns of domestic behavior that typified that downward spiral. And I'm going to mention them to you. First of all, marriage lost its sacredness and was frequently broken by divorce. Another great indicator was the traditional meaning of the marriage ceremony was lost. Number three, the feminist movement abounded. Number four, increased public disrespect for parents and authorities in general. Number five, the acceleration of juvenile delinquency, promiscuity, and rebellion. Number six, refusal of people who were in traditional marriages, their refusal to accept their family responsibilities. In other words, deadbeat parents. Number seven, a growing desire for and the acceptance of adultery. Number eight, increasing interest in and spread of sexual perversions and sex-related crimes. Well, can I tell you, I've just read to you in these eight items, every television program that Hollywood is producing right now. Every feature motion pictures that's going into our theaters, the headlines of newspapers, the popular magazines are promoting these eight things. So we shouldn't shake our head in surprise and disgust as we see our uh, beloved America going down the tube. It didn't start yesterday. It started years ago when the church refused to stand up and be the church and stuck our head in the sand and let the world continue to do what the world does. Let me tell you, Jesus said we're like a city that's set on a hill that cannot be hid. We are the light of the world. We're the salt of the earth. And it's about time we stand up and begin doing what the church was born to do. And the Bible said, if we will, that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church instead of being like the first century church who turned the world upside down in 80 years who influenced the world the world is now influencing the church the statistics on the inside of the church are no different than the world statistics the world is changing and the church is changing right along with it things no longer mean what they used to mean have you noticed how our language has changed? Years ago, being gay meant that you were happy. Crack was a split in the sidewalk. The only kind of AIDS we knew anything about were Band-Aids, Kool-Aid, and First Aid. A queer was someone who just acted strange. Pot 
was in the bathroom. Swingers sat on the front porch swinging. Coke came in bottles and red and white cans. A snort was something you did when you had a cold. Bad was not good. Far out was on the other side of town. Heavy just meant something weighed a lot. My friend, we're now left with a language of words that continually change in its meanings, sentences that make little sense, promises that no one wants to believe, contracts that we do not honor, pledges that we do not keep, resolutions, uh, resolutions rather that we push to the side and won't hold up to. A world where words like honesty and integrity and truthfulness and commitment are used as selling points for an investment firm we need to build an ark for the saving of our household let me tell you there's a thief that comes to steal kill and destroy and he wants to reach right through the doors and right over the threshold of your home to snatch your children and snatch your grandchildren and snatch your loved ones and pull them straight to the very pits of hell and there's nothing standing between the devil and them except the church it's time to build an ark it's time to get busy church it's it's time to stand up and start building the kingdom of heaven. It comes as no surprise the great apostle was writing to his son in the faith, Timothy, when he said this, know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own self, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. False accusers, truce breakers, incontinent, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, ever learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. You put the truth in front of somebody and they look at it as though it was something strange and refuse to believe it. That takes me back to my waking hours when God woke me up out of a sleep and he said, you need to go to Matthew chapter number 13. I've got something to say and this is what he said. People's hearts are wax gross. Their eyes are dull of seeing. Their ears are dull of hearing. They have their eyes closed and their hearts closed. They can't hear with their ears. They can't see with their eyes. But you can still hear and you can still see if there's any or anybody that needs to build an ark to warn this generation that God is about to shut the door. The night is coming when no man can work. Our hour is just about over, ladies and gentlemen. The grace that is contained in this dispensation is about to run out. God says it's time to build an ark. Peter stood on the day of Pentecost in front of a crowd that could not understand what was going on. A crowd asking many questions. A crowd wondering about the behavior of 120 people who seemed to be drunk on wine. And Peter said, they're not drunk on that kind of wine. 
The Holy Spirit has been poured out as was prophesied in the book of Job saying in the last days saith God I'll pour out my spirit. Is not that what God desires to do in this generation? He wants us to build an ark where he can pour out his Holy Spirit on all flesh. It caused such a stir in Jerusalem. I can just see the tears flowing down the cheeks of those who are hearing Peter preach the message of Pentecost. And Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words he did testify and exhort, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. If there's a message that needs to be heralded from the pulpits of America today, it's the fact that we need to repent. The church needs to repent. America needs to repent. The Bible promises us revival. God said, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven. I'll heal their land. I'll restore to them the joy of salvation. God will do what he will do if we will call cooperate with him it's time to build an ark I warn you today church I'm convinced more than ever before ever before we are living at the closing of this dispensation it makes some people nervous it makes me want to shout we're about to go home and just as sure as the rain began to fall and that family entered into the ark of safety and God shut the door. The door's about to shut on this dispensation. It's about to shut on this generation. It's about to shut in your household. Don't you think it's time that we take the tools that God has given us and start building an ark? Do you feel that conviction of the Holy Spirit saying, get your head up out of the sand? It's not too late for America. It's not too late for your household. It's not too late for Smyrna, Tennessee. God is still hearing from heaven. He's still answering prayer. He'll still heal our land. But we have got to make good decisions. And it starts in the house of God. It starts with us. Starts with us doing the right thing. And I repeat the words of Joshua that I said earlier in the service. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. How many are with me today? I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. As the musicians are coming, if this message has touched your heart and ignited something within you that makes you want to as never before to take your stand and make your declaration I want you to join me here at this altar from everywhere in the building I want you to gather in as tight as you can from wall to wall come on in here pastor as for me and my house we're going to serve the Lord we're going to build an ark we're going to start today building that ark for my generation, for my household, for my loved ones, for my family. I'm going to build an ark. I'm taking the tools that God has given me. I'm taking the materials that are mine through the Holy Spirit and I'm building an ark. 
I'm going to tell my family. I'm going to tell my children. I'm going to tell my grandchildren. I'm going to tell my uncles, my aunts, my parents, my grandparents. I'm going to tell them today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow may be too late. Now is the accepted time. Now is the appointed time. There might not be a tomorrow. The door might be shut. But right now there's an ark of safety we can gather in. Jesus can carry us through to our eternal destination. Amazing grace How sweet The sound That saved a wretch Like me
Drivers, if you really listen to this message today, you're going to thoroughly understand that you need to put your family in that ark. You need to protect them from the world and things that are going on in this world. You know, we hear bad news all day long. You can't turn the TV radio on without listening to some bad news. Well, you know, serving God and being with God, it's not all perfect. But I'm telling you, we have a peace beyond all understanding that the Lord said he would give us when we serve him. Bad things do happen to good people, but we do have a Lord that we can depend on and lean on. In our last week's program, we talked about a driver named Richie Turnbow that did just that. Uh, he took his family and he put it in the ark, in the hands of the Lord. And as a result, his son was healed. He's 12 years old. He's doing great. He's playing little league ball. So drivers, you can do the same thing. But how do you do that? You can't put them in there by yourself. You need to do it with the Lord. So today, driver, I want you to think about this. Do you want to do that and serve the Lord? And the way you do it is ask Jesus into your life. Amen. And you say, Lord, help me protect my family. I want to bring my family to you so you can guard over them. And you do that by saying, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. We've all failed and come short of the glory of God. So you ask him, Lord, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I know that you died on the cross for me and me only because you love me so much. So I pray for your protection over my family and that you save my soul and I'll be able to serve you. And driver, if you've prayed that prayer, we want you to call us at 615-663-3199 or give Gary Rayburn a call. My phone number is 618 618- 383-2107 and we would love to hear from you we'd like to pray for you we'd like to send you some more of uh, messages like you heard today to help you while you're out there on that old lonesome road and if you prayed that prayer you need to call somebody yes might as well be me hmm. or gary your your spouse share it with someone let them know what god has done for you
love to hear from you and we want to help you out there on that old lonesome road so we're going to close today's program with a song off of our lonesome road volume one cd called taking me home